This is Techonomist by Benjamin Johnson, a place of technology news as well as thoughtful opinion and analysis about how tech companies and the products they build are changing the way we live. You can subscribe to my weekly email at techonomist.email or you can follow along right here on your favourite podcast app. Week 42, the iPhone 12, Amazon Prime Day, and the new Monzo, but for wealthy people. October 17, 2020. Another notable week in big tech events with Apple introducing the iPhone 12. I'm sure everyone is checking their phone contracts to see when they're due for an upgrade. Sadly, I have another nine months to go. So with that, what happened in week 42? Apple's high-speed event, part one, phones. On Tuesday, Apple held another product event, only a few weeks after its annual September jamboree. This time, the iPhones were ready, and we learned that the four new models will be 5G-enabled and come with much improved camera technology. While it is iterative, great photos and videos are a huge part of the iPhone experience, and at its peak, 5G will bring up to one gigabyte per second in internet speed. For some context, that's a high-definition movie in three minutes. It was only 15 years ago I would spend 18 hours downloading an episode of Prison Break on a home connection. I'm really not sure how college students get their work done today. Apple, high-speed event part two, home and voice. The slightly more interesting update from the Apple event for me was their introduction of a low-end HomePod mini at $99 to compete with Amazon's Alexa and Google's Nest speakers. Voice is key for Apple to win the smart home segment with its HomeKit software framework. We will all operate our homes by voice in the future, and Apple wants to be the operating system for us to do that. Zoom, events and apps. I wrote in September that video calling has low barriers to entry, and Zoom needed to build its moat to hang on to its customers it had secured during the pandemic. Well, this week, Zoom announced the first part of their plans to keep, but also grow value from their users. First is OnZoom, a paid events product allowing creators to host and earn money from events. The use cases could range from corporate events to music gigs. Meanwhile, Zoom also added Zaps, a connected app marketplace allowing users to access productivity tools like Slack, Dropbox, and Asana from within Zoom as a central place to work. Zoom share price jumped 10% this week following the news. Twilio acquires Sigmund. Unless you're a software developer, it's highly likely you've never heard of Twilio, let alone Segment. However, it is almost certainly the case that you've used the product. Twilio is an API-powered communications platform that allows third-party apps access to core phone utilities, like phone calls and SMS. When you chat to your Uber driver, or even your Airbnb host, it is Twilio that is powering the messaging within those apps. Segment costs Twilio $3.2 billion, and gives the company access to Segment's widely used customer data platform. Stripe acquires Paystack. Stripe is quickly becoming synonymous with doing commerce anywhere on the internet, but one area it has limited coverage is in Africa. The continent does have a very fragmented payments market, with credit card adoption being much lower in exchange for other forms of online and offline payment methods being used. So rather than look to build from scratch, Stripe has purchased Paystack a Nigerian payments company 
that originally positioned itself as the Stripe of Africa. The deal is reported to be valued at $200 million and follows an $8 million investment Stripe made in Paystack back in 2018. Amazon Prime Day took place. This week, Amazon held its annual sales event in a year where e-commerce adoption has already grown at over 10% in many developed countries due to the pandemic. Jeff Bezos boasted that third-party sellers that were small and medium enterprises brought in $3.5 billion in sales across 19 markets. This represents a 60% jump on last year's figures, despite high unemployment rates amongst consumers. Half of US shoppers start product searches on Amazon now, overtaking Google. Revolut looks to America. The great frontier for European startups is breaking into the American market, and two of Britain's neobanks are making that leap. First, it was Monzo applying for its banking charter and hiring folks in Vegas to run customer support. Now it is Revolut who is applying with the state of California. Gaining a state license is common and allows banks to operate nationally in the US. This news also follows Revolut hiring ex-standard chartered European chief Richard Holmes to oversee its application for a full banking license in the UK, with Brexit removing passporting benefits for banks with mainland Europe licences. And finally, neobanking for the rich. There is a new digital bank coming to the UK called Monuments, and they want to become the Monzo for well-off people. The bank will target customers with between 250,000 and 5 million pounds in wealth, excluding the customer's primary home. This week, Monument were granted a restricted banking license following a 20 million pound Series A raise. They believe this market could include up to 3.5 million British retail customers. 